This is Rick Vecchio for the Peruvian Travel Trends blog, and today I have with me author, photographer, and environmentalist Jim Bartle to talk about his new book, Peruan Images. Jim, thanks for coming today. Thanks for the invitation, Rick. Peruan Images is a who's who of 22 of some of the most notable photographers in Peru. Heinz Planche, you have the late Renzo Uccelli, Alejandro Balaguer, just to name a few. Milen Doriol is mm-hmm. who has the most pictures, a wonderful photographer. You, you also have photos taken by renowned archaeologists, uh, your old friend Johann Reinhardt and Adriana van Hagen. What was the vision behind publishing this book? Well, it seemed to me that there were a number of, a number of books on Peru, and I didn't really think that any of them, either they weren't very good, or they were huge coffee table books. And so I thought I could do a, a book that was a, a soft cover, but, but high quality, and also eliminate the essays that are chapters that are always in these books that nobody ever reads, and just leave it with the pictures and then have nice captions. And then I went out to different people and uh, got pictures, tried to cover, cover the country as best I could, I think it's a it's a fabulous book, um, and what I like about it more than anything else probably is its relative weight. Um, this is a book that people coming to Peru can take home without having to worry about being overweight in their bag. Exactly, that was that was a major. I mean, I mean, without being overweight in the bag or or you know underweight in the wallet. I mean, it's you know these these coffee table books cost you know fifty sixty bucks a piece. You know, this costs a little less. But yes, that was definitely the plan, is to have a book that people could pick up. The original plan was to be 128 pages, and you cannot cover Peru at all in 128 pages if you're going to put one picture per page. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it ended up being 224 pages, but uh, just, just let me say, 224 pages, you know, over 200 pictures, and there are still holes. There are still holes in there. It's There's just so much in this country that... You just you just can't do it unless you're really going to have a lot, a lot of pictures. What is it that the layman who doesn't know much about Peru is going to be able to get from this book? Well, your basic image of Peru is that you've got uh, Machu Picchu, you've got the Nazca Lines, you've got Lake Titicaca. And then you've got Andes, and you've got, this is going to sound bad, but you've got, you know, the colorful campesinos, you know, who live in the Andes. and And you have the jungle. I think what I do here is I cover those areas, and in those areas I tried to put in pictures that were not really the absolute same pictures that you see everywhere. But, you know, I cover the Cordillera Blanca, I cover the Cordillera Vilcanota, I go to different areas of the Amazonia, places like Tachapoyas, uh, the Canyon de Cotahuasi, all these wonderful places that exist in Peru that aren't nearly as well known. You also have in this book historic moments captured on film brilliantly. There's one here taken on a mountainside in Arequipa. Can you describe this? This photo by Joe Reinhardt? Yeah, this is a photo by Johan Reinhardt at the moment of the discovery of the frozen mummy known as the Ice Maiden or as now Juanita informally, that was an Inca sacrifice. And I have the picture there of the moment on the glacier 
near the summit of uh, of Ampato, outside Arequipa. I mean, sort of a historic moment, I'd say. Mm-hmm. When when Johan Reinhardt's assistant, uh, Miguel, or, 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 or Mickey, as this is known. Uh, yeah, Mickey Zarate is holding the, is holding the mummy, which, uh, which I guess with the ice and everything weighed about 100 pounds. Yeah. Also a photo by Heinz Plenge of one of the more significant archaeological finds in the last hundred years, the Lord of Sipan. Yeah, so there's, there's a picture by Heinz, and there's a picture by Adrian von Hagen, which I like even more. And one of my rules for this book was, to have some sort of limit, was no museum pictures, and basically no indoor pictures. And the two pictures of Sipan are taken at the site during the excavation and so uh, you know the picture of Heinz where they they've rearranged a few of the pieces but it's but it's still right inside the site and and the one with uh, Adriana's picture of the of the Spider-Man uh, uh gold uh, uh, adornments is taken you, you can still see the grid the grid is included there because that's where they're doing the study in the site i just uh, it was it was sort of my choice not to not to show those all all cleaned up and in museum ready, I, I, there had to be some limit on what what I was going to do, or else it was going to be a thousand pages long. There's also quite a focus on the northeastern uh, jungle corridor, Quelap, and around Chachapoyas, around Chachapoyas, Los Condores, and, and this one. Yeah, Carajia is a group of six figures, ceramic figures that had, I guess, uh, uh, artifacts inside them, but halfway up a very steep wall. And with with uh, you know vertical area and just sort of in a niche there and just uh, just one heck of a sight uh, and it's a you know it's an hour's drive from from Chachapoyas and then twenty minute half an hour walk downhill to see it just just uh, an amazing sight the whole area around Chachapoyas Lemebamba along the, I think what's the name of the river the Utcubamba beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, and uh, just uh, a combination of jungle and mountains, and you know you have the ruins like Quelap and uh, and Carajia and Revash and things, and just uh, you know extremely pleasant place. Then you have all the all the waterfalls, Gokta, uh, but there are other waterfalls they're finding now. Uh, well, that have been known, but you know that that gringos are finding now. That just just. Beautiful, beautiful area, absolutely. And you know, six, seven, six, seven hour drive from uh, Chiclayo on the coast, not, not really that remote. One thing that's very impressive about this book is you have areas that traditional traveler didn't know existed before. And there's one picture here, I mean, I've, I've been admiring your photos for 15 years now, but I think this might be my favorite taken in Pasco, a place that I knew nothing about. Can you go ahead and describe that? This is in the Waiai Reserve, which is a huge, huge and extremely impressive rock forest of, of just, I would say not exaggerated, hundreds of thousands of rock towers from, you know, five meters high to several hundred meters high. And this is a, a freestanding tower, which is called the Cobra because it looks like a Cobra. And I was there with some friends and uh, who were climbers, rock climbers, and in this picture, my friend Mark Ritchie is sort of on what's called the crux of the climb, the toughest moment, uh, near the top, and somehow it just came out right. I got him at a moment where he's really all stretched out, and it just, you know, sometimes, sometimes the picture just works out. It just, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, and, and something about this one, uh, people like, uh, because of the scale, the, the absolutely beautiful tower, 
and just the position of the climber. Just so people who don't know, Mark Ritchie is... Mark Ritchie is one of the world's outstanding mountain climbers. He's, he, and, and as a... Uh, probably, in terms of, of Peru, Cordillera Blanca, certainly in the last 40 years, one of the most accomplished climbers in Peru. I mean, he's, he's married to a Peruvian. He comes very often. He's pretty tied to the country and has done, uh, done great things. Now, anybody who uh, handles a camera, professional or, or amateur, um, this is the kind of book where you, you see it and you think to yourself, God, I, I want to do that. I wish I could get out there. What's involved in getting uh, a photograph like this where the light, the shadow, the composition just seems, well, close to perfection? What do you have to do? Well, first, there's a lot of luck involved. And I think a lot of what comes out of having the best pictures is going out a lot and being at a place a lot. So you're there in different conditions, and you eventually get them. I mean, I think people ask me, well, go to this place, you'll get the best pictures ever. Well, if I go to a place once, there's no way I'm going to get better pictures than someone who's who lives there or who's been there ten times. you got to get to know a place. You've got to really like what you're taking pictures of. You've got to have a lot of patience. You have to work to get to the right spot, and then you have to be ready to wait until it looks like it should. And uh, it's not really a matter of having uh, really outstanding technique or, or anything really special as a photographer. In fact, I sort of dislike, in general, photos where you try to call attention to the photo rather than the place. I would rather someone look at these pictures of Waiyai, for example, and say, what a place, I want to go there, that's fantastic, rather than someone saying, God, what a great photo. And I think if, if you look through this book, you have the example of Milene Doriol, whose, whose pictures are, I, she has more than any other pictures, any other photographer in the book. And her pictures are never flashy, but somehow... Somehow they're a little different than other people. Uh, they're at the right moment, and and they capture something that that other people don't. They're just uh, they're just really good. Talking about the technical excellence of the photographs, is there a flash used in any of these photographs? I think there's a flash on maybe one picture of a family in the highlands of uh, of Manu there looks like there's a flash there maybe in maybe in one or two i would also say that out of over 200 pictures i think 190 some odd are slides these are not digital photos a couple of mine are digital but otherwise you know and generally they're they're slides which have been digitalized and uh, and not really worked over i mean they're they're Basically, reproductions of slides. It's not not overwhelmingly digital at all. In the more than three decades that you've been taking these photographs, and trying to capture the character of Peru, what is it that really stands out for you? What are you looking for when you head out there with your camera? Well, originally, I, I took pictures of mountains and valleys and things like that because that's what I was interested in. As time has gone on, i become more interested in flora and fauna, particularly flora, because I'm not a good picture, I'm not a good photographer of, of fauna because I'm not fast. You know, I don't quickly go over and, and capture things that are moving, which fauna tends to do. But, 
you know, I just think there's such a variety of landscapes in Peru that, you know, I have these pictures from Heinz Plenge of, of the coast that are just fantastic that I would never have thought of before. Then you've got the, you've got the high jungle, you've got the low jungle. And then, of course, you've, you've got the Andes. You've got up in the highest, the highest Andes. You've got the, the glaciated mountains. You've got the valleys. And then there's, and then there's the areas without ice, just these beautiful, typical landscapes of the Andes, which you can find in many places, but really fascinating. One thing that I always notice when I look through these books that you published with your company, Nosy Machinus, is the character of the photographers. I mean, so many of you guys are very also well-known ecologists and conservationists. Heinz Plenge, you, your work. It's, it's something interesting to see, people who go out there with a camera rather than to leave a big footprint. It's a good question. I wonder wh- which comes first. I wonder if a photographer or, or someone who wanted, you know, I was really trying to write a trail guide, while doing that, you become interested in the in conservation or whether you're interested in conservation and then start taking pictures. Heinz Plenge is is an outstanding professional photographer, probably the best known in, in the country for many years. And he went back to his uh, his his home city of Chiclayo near there and basically went to a community and set up a private a private protected area called Chaparri, which is the uh, which is an interesting place on its own, but is also the the habitat of the Paviali Blanca, you know, a, a bird that's 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 a, a well-known bird, but is in you know quite uh, quite threatened, and uh, has been doing a great job up there. I mean, something. I mean, just from what I know about conservation, just uh, just a tremendous job that he's done up there. Also uh, at Chaparri. He was along with his uh, daughter and son-in-law and the community. They've set up one of the major rescue centers for uh, spectacled bears, another endangered animal. I did not know that, but yes, of course, he's he's taken pictures of spectacled bears, and I believe out in the wild some, because most of the pictures you see of spectacled bear would be ones that are in zoos. But uh, yes, I, I I have nothing but admiration for the work he's done. If there's any photograph in this book that stands out for you the most as emblematic of what you're trying to achieve, well, which one would it be? Well, I'll give you two, and they're both basically the same thing in the Cordillera Waiwash. One is a picture taken now 30 years ago, just a simple picture, but at the right moment of the Nevalo Yeropaha in the Waiwash, a very simple picture of a really, really beautiful mountain at the right moment, which uh, a lot of people have liked. A mountain that is greatly changed now, the, the because of the ice having changed, and uh, now some rock showing which wasn't back then, and also the the very last picture in the book, which is a a picture of the Cordillera Waiwash, which is between Ancash and Wanaco, from the Wanaco side, uh, of basically a wide angle picture of uh, the colors of the dawn and and then the whole range. For me, that picture is a little hard to judge because, you know, you or anybody else just saying, hey, there's a picture, and it's kind of nice. But uh, to me, I remember, you know, in the in the town of Jesus, getting up at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning and, and, and walking up in the dark, very steep trail, yeah, dogs barking at me, you know, trying to walk as fast as I can, basically to, to get rid of the cold. You know, trying to get to a viewpoint where we could see the whole whitewash. I knew it was up there. 
and then and then waiting in the cold and and having the camera ready and and you know hope against hope that you're going to have a nice sunrise because you know it's not a given and then having it work out so, so beautifully that morning and uh, I I just I remember that day but I remember being really cold and again nothing really special about taking the picture anybody else at that place would have gotten the same picture probably but I was there you know because I'd made the effort and I knew where to be and and I was willing to uh willing to have my ears freeze to to get it one thing that you mentioned was that you didn't want the book to be too laden with heavy articles that no one was going to read anyway, uh, that didn't stand up to the photographs, and that instead you opted for just really well-done captions. I would take issue with that. These are more than captions. This is excellent text, uh, informative, very well-written, and perfect accompaniment to the photographs. What did it take to write this book? Well, thank you, thank you, Rick. I I, I appreciate that. Uh, I might not have done it if I knew that it took five hours to write three three sentence or four sentence uh, uh, captions. It's it's very difficult. It was difficult for me to to capture what I needed to do in each uh, in each caption. But my impression, I think, this comes from seeing National Geographic for years. People in general with National Geographic do not read the articles. They look at the pictures and they read the captions. And so I thought, here, and, and you see all these books that in Peru where you have these articles written by uh, sort of eminences, well-known people. But I don't think in coffee table books especially, or, or in something like this, people read those articles much. And so what I decided to do was I wrote a short introduction about what I was trying to do. And then with each picture, I tried to have a you know, a paragraph that, that describes more than just saying, oh, this is Chavin de Wantar, or, you know, uh, you know, Nevalo Huascaran. You know, give, give a little bit of information about each one. So, if you're going from picture to picture and you're looking through it, you do learn a, a little bit about the places. That, that was my intent. But it sure is different between, there's a difference between talking about a place, you know, just casually, and then writing about it, because when you write about it, you know, you have to be correct. So you have to do a lot of checking on, on a lot of little things to make sure it's right. The book is Peru and Images. Jim Bartle, thanks for, for talking to us today. No, it's great great to talk to you, Rick. To get a peek at some of the incredible photos in the book, or for information on going to many of the amazing locations featured in these photos, you should go to our blog, fairtourperu.info. That's F-E-R-T-U-R Peru.info. That wraps up this edition of Peruvian Travel Trends Podcast. Until next time, I'm Rick Vecchio.